everyone. I'm one of your hosts, Wayman Singleton, and I'm here to welcome you to the second episode, aka the first interview episode of the Black and Animated Podcast. I just want to take this time to say thank you to everyone that has been showing us some love and support for our inaugural episode. Bree and I sincerely appreciate all the comments and retweets and likes that you guys have been giving the podcast. So thank you. Thank you very much. Just some quick updates. We're hoping to build a community of creatives that will support and learn from each other. So we recently launched the Black and Animated Facebook group. To find us, just search on Facebook, Black and Animated, and you should be able to join the group. Once you're in the group, you can interact with the BNA community, share animated-related topics, submit your questions you'd like to hear answered on the podcast, and you'll also be able to know ahead of time what guests will be on the podcast. I'll be sure to put a link of the Facebook group in the show notes. And if you're not one for listening to the podcast through iTunes or Podbean, now you can listen to the podcast through Google Play Music. Just go to Google Play Music and search Black and Animated, and you'll find us under Podcasts. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button. I'll post a link to this in the show notes as well. Well, that's it for updates. We're really excited to present to you this interview episode with production coordinator Brittany Lewis. Brittany is incredibly kind and super informative, and I really, really hope that you guys glean something from her journey into the animation industry and uh, from her tips and tricks about getting in and how to get into production yourself. So without further ado, on with the episode. This is Black and Animated Podcast. Yes, it is. <laughs> it took you a minute to, to say yes, it is. I'm like getting into it, yeah. And we're here with a very special guest today. Oh, hey, I didn't see you. <laughs> hey, special guest, who are you? Yeah. Who, who are you? Who are Hello, you? team. My name is Brittany Lewis, and I'm here to be interviewed for Lewis. whatever <laughs> you guys have. <laughs> In yeah. store for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're gonna we're gonna train you. We're gonna <laughs> teach you to be a ninja. That's right. That's what this, this is, is what actually about. really is not. This is an interview for you to join our yeah. sisterhood. <laughs> Welcome to the brotherhood of the secret. Black Do I sign community. anything? <laughs> uh, your <soul. laughs> Awkward. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for joining us today, Brittany. Um, you currently are a production coordinator, correct? Correct. Yeah, just if you could uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to be where you are now. Like, what made you kind of be like, I want to go into production, be an awesome coordinator? Oh, wow. Okay, so that started, that was never actually the end dream. Oh, okay. (laughs) It always starts off differently. Um, It started with me as a little girl. I love to draw, love cartoons, started off with um, Saturday morning cartoons and then anime and my, my favorite shows was that's the all-time favorite it started off with the real adventures of Johnny Quest that was my all-time favorite show yeah yeah exactly it started with that before I discovered Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z and then I started drawing and tracing and that took over years and then I figured I want to I want to go into animation. I want to draw for a living. So um, grew up, fast forward a few years, high school, took nothing but art classes. 
um, where I didn't have to take my general education, you know, for high school. Mm-hmm. And um, high, for college, I went in straight for um, an illustration degree. Okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. So I did that. And this was back in Maryland. So in Maryland, we didn't have too many options when it comes to animation once you graduate. Oh, I'm from the East Coast. Ooh. Yeah. There is, there is gaming but not too much in terms of animation. Mm. I was um, so I figured I would actually go to New York mm. to see if there was anything up there, and then um, but or LA, mm. three thousand miles. So, and then in the end, I figured there's more opportunity out in LA. So mm-hmm. came out here ten years ago, and um, I was going to get a draw, job as an artist somewhere but I didn't have that great of a portfolio together so I figured I'm just gonna try and get a job in a studio and then work my way um yeah that's the way to do it really yeah yeah that's where that's how you start and then so I came out here I started calling I did cold calling for my first I cold called for three months yeah did that make you nervous like just randomly calling them like because did you know anybody or knew no one no one no one yeah came out here found a place in fontana first moved here moved to pasadena three months later and then my the place i was renting a room from they knew someone from cartoon network she introduced me to people at the guild animation guild Mm -hmm. the union and i went to um the guild their one of their first parties and started talking to people and then they let me know, they gave me a list of studios mm-hmm. and said, this is people who are currently utilizing us. Um, and we have artists at these studios. Why don't you try giving them a call? Mm-hmm. And I figured, okay, I'm going to give them a call. And I started calling every other day, t- two to three times a week, Whoa. every week Wow! for that, three months. That is, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's for, for three months yes. wow. until one of them. And then I was running out of money at this point. I came here with two hundred dollars in my pocket. Yeah, two hundred bucks in my pocket. Didn't know where I was gonna do what I was gonna do for money. So my last month, I was thinking I gotta get a job. So I applied to Vons, and I was thinking I'm just gonna work at Vons Mm -hmm. until um, I get a job in a studio. Mm -hmm. So Vons hired me. I did my training with them for one week. This is just as I was running out of my last cent. And for people that don't know, Vons is a supermarket here. Right. <laughs> it's like uh, it's, it's like for yeah. any, any any Midwest any Midwest people listening, Vons is like the equivalent to I guess maybe Jewel. Oh, I've never heard of Jewel. You know, I've never heard of that. <laughs> Jewel is is the equivalent to Rouse. The equivalent to Vons. It's it's just it's another like, grocery store. Supermarket? Yeah, it's a good okay. supermarket. It's a little like overpriced. A, okay, like an overpriced supermarket. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so I applied to Vons, mm-hmm. and so I was supposed to start. I think mid the end of September, my mm-hmm. next week, I have my first full day. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, I'm still calling the studios two to three times a week, mm-hmm. and. The, my first day of Vons, I was supposed to start officially after my training. Mm-hmm. I got a call from a studio who said, can you come in for a week as oh. a temp because someone's going on vacation. Oh, wow. Um, Perfect and I, time. They said it's only going to be for a week. Oh, wow. Um, but, you know, you can have it if you want for the week So because so, you're filling in for someone. Yeah. And then I thought... Do I do I give up the Vons and don't go yeah. in? Because that's more consistent. That's more yeah. consistent. Or do I take the, yeah. <laughs> the, the t- one week and not like, and not, 
nothing solid. You have yeah. no idea what's going to happen. Oh my gosh. And I figured, and at this point I would, I talked to my mom. I said, mama, what do I do? Um, cause bonds is stable or I can just take the week job. I have no money left. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I calculated what I'd earn in a week. It's probably 500 bucks from the temp and then, or Vons where I have steady hours, full-time hours. Mm-hmm. So my mom was like, just, just go in faith and just see what happens. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't go to Vons that day. And I went to the studio. Wow. So unprofessional. You didn't even call him and go like a bad Jeez. Wow. Be professional all the time. <laughs> just don't. I just didn't go in. It's, it's, every, it's different for everybody. <laughs> if I look back now, I'd probably call and say I'm not coming in today. Mm-hmm. Or this week. Whatever. <laughs> or this week. If you want to let me go, that's fine. But if not. <laughs> I know I trained and all, yeah, but... Called in and be like, I'm not coming in this week. Yeah. Like, just in case. Just you know, in like, case. Like, oh, like, I yeah. just, uh, I'm sick. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I just can't do this week, but maybe yeah. next week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, but I didn't call in. <laughs> and I assumed that I just wasn't going to be on the schedule. Because mm. I was on proba- probation anyway. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, if you call in and you don't show up on your first day, that they'll probably nix you anyway. Mm-hmm. So I worked the first, the week at the job and I loved it. It was great. I mm-hmm. learned everything. And then they let me know on the Thursday, the Friday, that that was supposed to be my last day. Hey, we're going to keep you on full time. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Right. And we're going to keep you indefinitely. So welcome oh, aboard. Awesome. So the Friday is when they decided to keep me. And I was there for close to three years. Oh, my wow. gosh. That's yeah. so awesome. Wait, so what was the temp position? It was as a, just a, to answer the phones and okay. as a secretary sort of thing. But oh, I ended up cool. working there as a coordinator by the time. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So it so started cool. off as reception. And started then from the bottom now. and then that was yeah and then kind of worked worked on what two features there and then and then two direct three direct two dvds yeah so what was the studio that you worked at? crest animation oh crest Crest, they did um swan princess Princess. yeah 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 so i worked on the swan princess and then they did a the end, little engine that could, and then they did uh, Alpha and Omega. Didn't they do the? Did they do that one Tom and Jerry, or was that? I'm thinking of Turner. I'm stuck on Alpha and Omega right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? Alpha and Omega? Oh my god! <laughs> you saw that one? I mean, yeah. I, d- <laughs> I saw I it too. Saw it. My yeah. my cousins watched it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Great crew on that show. We're still friends today. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. And I still go back to Crest every so often. Yeah, wow. Visit. That's mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah. Um, so, like, you're just, like, uh, full of determination and perseverance kind of, like, landed you that position. Yeah. Like, because like, you hear a lot of people say, oh, you got to know somebody who knows somebody. But it kind of seems like when your, your situation, it was just you wanted it, you knew you wanted it, and you were not going to let anybody stop you from getting it. Exactly. Like, you just you kept pushing. You have to. Mm-hmm. And so, like, is that something that I guess you would probably recommend? Because it worked out in your case, and I know it's different for everybody, but would you recommend kind of like doing that for young people who want to be uh, like in production? Nowadays. Yeah, nowadays, <laughs> like, kind of like doing cold calls like that. Like, do you think they appreciate that more than just, you know, just the regular email that you hear about? Um, from I've been on both ends. Cold calling is never the most convenient way. Mm-hmm. People want to get receive an application Mm -hmm. but it just depends on if the timing is right and 
um, if they really need someone. And usually smaller studios are more receptive to mm-hmm. that as opposed to the larger ones. And I would say just a lot of faith because I prayed a lot. And mm-hmm. I was like, God, please get me into a yeah. studio. Because that doesn't happen. Um, that doesn't happen out here. Getting a job three months after you move out here it usually mm-hmm. takes months. Sometimes I know people took a couple years mm-hmm. before they got their first job. Yeah. So, you know, you have to go on with, you know, have a little bit of faith, believe in yourself too. Mm-hmm. Um, but continue to just always be persistent. Cause when I gave up, you know, I, I, my last week before getting called from Crest, um, it was the week I was like, I only made one call that week. Um, and I thought, you know, I'm just going to keep being persistent, but I'm just going to do it down to one week as opposed to two to three times a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was going to do bonds, but that's when they called me. So I would say, persistence is a big is a big thing and continue to network too that's that's always a big that's a that's a practical way to mm-hmm. do it i got involved with the the union as soon as i got out here okay yeah and my, actually it was really weird because when i went to the union they introduced me to a bunch of people i met um june foray who i never thought i'd ever meet oh wow yeah before oh, she passed away that's... oh my god yeah oh, i met her and I, I didn't even know who she was until someone told me you're sitting next to june foray and making conversation and i was like what <laughs> <laughs> rocky and bullwinkle so i mean just connect and meet people and be friendly be nice um, you never know who's going to have the next opportunity and it's a really small industry. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest piece of advice I'd, I'd give. It's a really small industry. So be genuine too. People can know when you're faking, faking out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Always be genuine. Be yourself. Sometimes it's hard out here, but I would say that's the biggest piece of advice. But, um, if you're going to do cold calling, um, you know, be receptive if they're not interested Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't call them back don't continuously <laughs> call them yeah or you'll day. be the annoyance but if they give you an open door and say you know feel free to call back next week or um or next month mm-hmm. do that okay um that's what i that's what i did um they never shut me down but they say you know call back next week mm-hmm. call back in a couple weeks and i would do that be faithful and be a person of your word. Make sure you, if you say you're going to call back the next week at three o'clock, call back next week at three o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be, not 305, three o'clock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not 301, yeah. three o'clock. Always yeah. be on time. <laughs> on time. On time. Because they appreciate that. Once you, once people see that you're persistent and consistent, mm-hmm. they'll be receptive. That, that speaks to me when I'm hiring someone. If they're mm-hmm. consistent and always on their game. Mm-hmm. Say, let's give this person a chance, even if they don't have experience. I had no experience. Mm. I had no portfolio. I had no all I was I came from graphic design back east, but no animation experience. Mm. So there was a risk to hire me. Right. But if you're consistent in the little things, mm-hmm. it'll pay off in the long run. So when they see that sort of mentality, just make sure um um you're you're being consistent in every little thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes a big difference. That's very powerful. <laughs> <laughs> really, really good yeah. 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 Um, so uh, you said that you went to illustration uh, when you were back in school. Mm-hmm. Um, what school did you go to back in back in the East? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Hold on. But yeah. Um, I went to Towson University. Towson. 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 Yeah. T-O-W-S-O-N. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. That was... That was, I mean, it was in Baltimore, mm-hmm. and that was the closest college. 
I it's either that or Temple University in Pennsylvania for me. I think I've heard of that. One. And they had an animation program. Oh. But I was too lazy to apply. <laughs> <laughs> so I only applied to one school <laughs> and said, I hope I get in. <laughs> and they got in. So I got into Towson and did illustration. And then when I came out here, I went to Academy of Art. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did it on because I figured I should continue my art education while I'm working because I got a job. Mm-hmm. Um, but I said I should continue my education. So I continued at Academy of Art and it was good. Oh, cool. And that really it's great on your resume, too. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So what uh, sort of classes did you take? Was that like a full program or was that like, oh, I'm just taking like a couple classes there, like continuing education classes or? Continuing education, but yeah. I specialized in background design and um, character design. So they were more kind of like, wor- like 12 week workshops or things like that? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Pretty good. Very, I mean, it helped me understand continue to be in the art world because mm-hmm. when I came out here, I con- I just jumped into production, Right. Mm-hmm. but it made me understand programs and what it takes and um, the whole, the theory behind design. I even took some storyboard classes oh, just wow, to, right. for the heck of it, so I could understand. Yeah. Um, Do you feel that that's helped you with um, being in the production world and like kind of delegating uh, things to the artists and like what to look for when they like send things back to you? Definitely. It helps you understand concepts like squash and stretch and what we're working on currently posing. That helps mm-hmm. you when someone says things like that to you understand as a production person, you're not really taught that mm-hmm. you taught theory in school, but when you see it applied and um, that that's, it's, it just gave me the back knowledge to understand when I'm delegating assignments and even to fix files or tweak files. Mm-hmm. I know how to do that as opposed to, having to rely on, you know, artists to continue to make little tweaks that I can do myself. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's time efficient too. Okay. So I'd say if you're going to jump into your, your role or your field um, and you want to be in production, know the backs, know the other side, mm-hmm. as opposed to just knowing the production side. Production is scheduling, time management, making sure everything gets done and shipped and make sure the client is happy. If you're not the client and you're the distributing studio, you make sure you're, um, you know, you get all the materials and make sure everyone has what they need to approve everything. But artist side, you know, what kind of time management the artists need, Mm -hmm. um, the program they're working with, how they're saving materials, um, all the little ins and outs to getting the final product. It's, it's just faster for me to think that way Mm. now that you know the backstory behind everything yeah yeah so it's i mean if you're gonna anything you do know it 100 percent. don't just know it 50 Mm -hmm. so i i totally believe in that so make sure you know something inside out that's how you make sure you're really good at your job okay yeah Yeah, dropping really good production like oh yeah yeah. one should like if you're gonna like oversee like pretty much oversee everyone's like part of the production it's good for you to know what what they're doing and and i I bet the reverse is the same too like if you're an artist it's good to kind of know like what production is looking for as Mm -hmm. well yes like be aware of scheduling and timing so that way you're not like rolling up on your deadline and they're like hey where's my board and you're like uh that happens a lot but that's good so familiar (laughs) 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 we got a deadline (laughs) so but when you think it's it's, it's also good because as a production person i'm always thinking of deadlines Mm -hmm. as an artist you're thinking is this the best quality is this the best i can give am i gonna get all the notes done you know in time am i gonna 
get this. But production wise, I'm thinking, is it good enough? Mm. You know, is it is it good enough for the deadline? Because as an artist, when I switch to my artist role, I'm thinking, I want to make this the prettiest thing possible. This is my baby. I want to make sure it's pretty and mm-hmm. great to the client. So with me, I never have a deadline. Mm-hmm. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to work on it until it's I feel it's resolved. Mm-hmm. An artwork or an art piece is never finished, mm-hmm. but until it's resolved, which means it's okay. You're okay kind of leaving it till later. Mm-hmm. So when it's when with as a production person, you want to get to the point where you feel like is this resolved? Mm-hmm. Is this applying all the notes in the you know the the minimum and just moving it on? Because yeah. you can always make it better. You can always punch it up. You can always add more to something. You'll get something later on down the line. Um, that was already shipped and there's another cool idea. Oh, we could have did this or we could have punched it up this way. You're always going to get that. Even Mm. when the final product is done and it's airing on television, Mm. you're always going to get that. It never stops. Mm. So you have to, (laughs) so as a production person, I'm thinking, is this good enough? It's good. We're shipping it because it's going to change anyway. Yeah. Yes. And when you say ship, you mean uh, like sending, like packaging and making it ready to go to the overseas studio. Overseas studio. Or either, I guess technically not overseas, more like, or Canada the, or Canada like that. Yeah, or the next step in production. Okay. If you're doing pre-production and getting all the storyboards done, for example, mm-hmm. um, you send it to the studio who's going to make the animatic. Mm-hmm. If unless Or unless you're doing the animatic here yourself, then you send it to whoever, the editing, and they, they create the animatic. But you always have a deadline for each portion. And is that uh, varied from studio to studio? Because you've been at several places, correct? Mm-hmm. Or Okay. Yeah. Yeah, what, what, uh, where did you go after Crest's animation? Crest, so after Crest, I went to, um, Warner Brothers, and then after Warner Brothers, I went to Hasbro, oh. and then after Hasbro, I met Oddbot. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Side note. Yes. Brittany and I are coworkers. <laughs> We did not mention that. We did not. But now you're getting an insight as to how I think. <laughs> yeah. 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 Now you're thinking. Yeah. yeah. Like to just like, hear what your thought process is behind things. I'm like, oh, yeah. Wow. This is like, I, I didn't know this side. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, that's really nice. But it's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> we can get that. We can ship that. That can go. <laughs> Have you found that the process that, um, between the places you've been, have you found that the process for production has been a little bit easier at certain places or has, has it all been roughly the same, like what, same for most of the places? It's always crazy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no matter where you're at, it's always crazy. I've never mm-hmm. been on a show where craziness hasn't happened. What's the, what, what is like, I guess the base, like, I guess production process from your side, like what do you see? Like, I guess, when like the pipeline yeah yeah the pipeline um yeah like from your side of the production process what is the pipeline for you for me production as soon as i start a project i want to make sure we have the script Mm -hmm. and then we start doing something called breakdowns from the script Mm -hmm. um we break down all the assets characters backgrounds props um effects all that from the script then we start having those designed Mm -hmm. um after that we have the let me see. We have the records. We start doing the records before storyboards are start being done. So we have the pause edit or radio play or the audio files to give to the board artists. So they're boarding. Um, at the same time, we're designing preliminary, preliminary designs. Once we get the boards back, then we do another breakdown 
from the final boards of any additional characters, backgrounds, props, effects that need to be designed additionally. So we do a second breakdown and then we have those designed while we're finishing up boards and then the boards are being sent to animatic. And then animatic is where you just make a full play of the movie or the show, but it's in storyboard form. Mm. Once everything is designed, then we send that to, you can either do it in-house for animation or you send it to overseas or Canada or whatever who do the animation if you're doing just pre-production in-house. So at that point, once storyboards and designs are done, um, we typically send it to another studio for animation. Then we get the first round of animation for the whole for specific scenes or sequences in the show back. And then we kind of go through and we make notes about the animation movement, any distortions, any acting. If it's a CG show, you get something called blocking back to okay. make sure all the characters are in the right place and moving in the right direction. If it's 2D, you don't have blocking, you just get animation back. Mm -hmm. And then you make notes, you do something called retakes and you send it back to the animation studio until they get the animation right. And then you get the final show mix. And the process, the little things you get, also you have to do Foley, which is sound effects. You have to do, um, what else? There's the sound effects and then you have composing and music that has to be done on the side that can all be done while you're doing storyboarding or designs but it's done at various stages in the whole production yeah wow yeah. there's just like so much i didn't even like think about yeah. <laughs> you just it's... got your first in-depth uh, full-on breakdown of the po animation pipeline guys yeah. <laughs> right here but it varies from show to show yeah, that's, yes. but that's it yeah. might that's what but i'm that's thinking the base, yeah that's mm -hmm. the basis when i get into a show okay where am i at Right. right now, all about I'm just doing storyboards, but mm -hmm. I'm thinking what they're doing up there in Nirvana and what they're dealing with. And so I'm thinking, okay, this is where they're at in their production pipeline. Mm -hmm. And this is where, you know, what we're sending them. And I can see how things are going to plan out long run, long term. Mm -hmm. So my mind is always going 50 different places at one time. Mm. Yeah. Is it <laughs> tough kind of switching over from like, kind of like the creative brain to the production brain? when you're uh, like working on different projects or is it easy to just kind of like switch back over? It used to be hard, but now since I've been in it for a while, like my brain is spaghetti. So I can't. <laughs> <laughs> spaghetti's good. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's about food with me. <laughs> Nothing wrong with food. Food, food is, is great. Good. <laughs> Sauce is spaghetti. Pasta. <laughs> I had pasta before getting here. So, <laughs> so good um but so i'm always thinking art production schedule art product it's just a big mix in my mind mm -hmm. so it's not a, a mental shift okay now i'm going to think about it this way mm -hmm. i'm thinking about it in all aspects <laughs> yeah so my mind so now that i'm thinking um now that i'm thinking of for example boards and mm -hmm. deadlines not only am I thinking of the deadline for the board, I'm thinking about, okay, what is it going to take for you to get there, saving files and all the posing that's required and all the squash and stretch. Like I'm literally going through boards and thinking before it even gets to other people, I'm looking to see if all the notes are applied. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of surfing through and making sure everything artistically has been applied before and if it, we're going to make our deadline. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then if we're not going to make our deadline, then I have to talk to the overseas studio and say, okay, this is where we're at and this is what I can estimate. A big part of my job too is estimating. Mm. I have to estimate. So it really helps when I have the background knowledge to know what it takes to complete, for example, a board or a design. Cause then I can estimate, okay, our deadline is for example, 
on the first, but it's not, I don't think it's going to be ready by the first. I think gauging, so here's another secret. You ask the artists how long it's going to take and you say, um, they say, okay, I don't think I'm going to have it done by the first, but it's going to be done by the second. Mm -hmm. And I say, okay, that's probably not going to happen. So I'm going (laughs) to going to be done by the fourth. Oh, I see, I see. <laughs> well, <laughs> not saying all artists are the same, mm, but yeah. I was the same way. No, yeah, no, that makes no. sense because you gotta you gotta think about the worst case scenario. Worst case so scenario says like, hey, I'm this gonna like that, this so it's okay. <laughs> He's gonna be Disney. It's like, all right, worst case scenario, it's probably gonna be later than that. Yeah, like I'm gonna expect it to be later. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you need that buffer time you need the buffer that's that's not even the worst case if it's if it's really bad and you're you can't you don't have any wiggle room you Mm. say okay if it's not going to be the first i need it by the second drop dead defcon one like we need oh yeah Mm. (laughs) we need it (laughs) we need it this is this is a big deal um that's worst 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 case scenario but usually i I do a buffer Mm -hmm. you have to do the buffer yeah because when I was in art school, my deadlines were, meant nothing. So I would say, yeah, I'm going to totally have it done by the third. It was going to be done by the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's how it is. Yeah. I, I remember in college, I would do assignments for like an um, animation class. And then I'd be like, yeah, I'm just going to get done. And then I'm like, oh, no, let's do tomorrow. And I've still got a lot to animate. A lot to do. Okay. Yeah. Guess I'm not sleeping tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All nighters. I lived in the art center at my college. I, yeah, all those oh nights eating God. bear claws, and having milk, and oh. making art. <laughs> that was the life. Oh man! Um, oh. You said that you came out here uh, on faith because you you didn't really know anybody, and but you were really determined to get into the industry, and you did. And it was it's just a it's amazing and immense blessing. But when you finally did get in. Um, as a black woman in the industry, do you ever feel kind of like, oh, I'm here and this is the thing that I can do now, but where is everybody else that looks like me? Like, did you ever find that there were, uh, like there was a kind of a lack of diversity where you worked or? Yeah, I think when I first got out here, I didn't think about it as much because I grew up moving when I was younger, I moved practically every two years. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in places that were primarily white, primarily Hispanic, primarily Asian, primarily, and then there were mixed. So I never asked um, sometimes. And then I grew up in primarily black neighborhoods too. Mm-hmm. But then, um, so when I came out here, I'm so used to a mix because of how I grew up that mm-hmm. I never looked around and said, where's more people like me? It wasn't until I think when I got to a few years in, I thought, hey, there's not too many people around that, that are black. Mm. And I only got to that conclusion because I saw one other black person in the studio I was working at. And I thought, Oh, Oh, hey, yeah. Hey, but hey. wait a minute. It's like, Hey, you, but hold on a second. What the <laughs> then I was thinking, Oh, mm. I, I'm, I'm one of the only black people who work mm-hmm. on the show. Um, my, my first studio, no black people. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, Warner, there were, yeah, there were some black people. It's a bigger studio, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Hasbro, I think, I think there were a couple black people. I don't even remember. But I just know there was a mix, not on my crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there were a couple black people. But there was, the for production, I was the only black person. Um, yeah, there was, yeah, there was, there was always a mix. And then I think 
I didn't think about it as much, but it, I don't think it made it for me. It didn't. It didn't make a difference. It didn't make yeah. anything mm-hmm. harder. It was just oh, it's just uh, like a weird thing, like oh. like a all right, like something you noticed. Yeah, <laughs> just like, like oh, now I'm aware. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> you mentioned that you like food. Yeah. What's your favorite food? <laughs> pizza. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Pizza. Pizza and sweets. Oh yeah, pizzas and sweets. Yeah. What type of? What's your favorite pizza? Like just any pizza or like cheese? Meat lovers pizza. Meat lovers pizza from bacon sausage. That's Doesn't matter where it's. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter where it's from. It's a good pizza. Yeah, pizza is awesome. Yeah, pizza is good. It's like one of those. Uh, uh, like you could do whatever you want to. Like you fold it, you can slice it. Have like, it with ranch. Yeah, yeah. Have it with ranch. Like mm-hmm. it's a very, very multi-faceted uh food. Food yeah, item. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I lived off of it in college. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool. Pizza and bear claws. Pizza and bear claws. It's great. <laughs> What is bear claws? Bear claws. One it's one big it's Danish. Yeah. yeah. It's one big it does sound like cinnamon just, bun. Scared Danish coast like thing. Hunting down bears, <laughs> chopping off their claws, and, like and then eating the them. Pizza. Putting it on your pizza. <laughs> they were as big pizza. as a bear claw. Oh my god. They were huge. I don't think I'm going to oh, go to the East Coast. <laughs> if you find a good bear claw, yeah, they're usually like, because I feel like it I sounds find bear so claws. threatening. If you find a good bear claw, <laughs> it sounds so threatening. You can find them in your local gas station as well. Yeah, like yeah. that's what I was going to say. Like, they're usually like kind of like the size of them. Like, they look like there could be like little fingers. <laughs> I'm sorry. This Midwest kid does not understand. <laughs> All the listeners are like, mm, that sounds delicious. <laughs> <laughs> All the East Coasters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> East Coast represent. <laughs> so you started off in art, and but your first job was production. But it seems that you're still like very much in tune with the creative side as well. Do you want to eventually make the transition over to art, be it storyboarding or background or anything like that? As of right now, no. I just love the thrill of production getting things done, making the schedules, making the deadlines and make sure we hit the deadlines. It's more of an adrenaline rush now. Mm-hmm. So it keeps me alive. So, um, so I, as of right now, no, I wouldn't make the jump. Mm. Um, would you be seeking to get higher positions? Probably higher up, work, okay. work, work my way up. What, what like is line the hierarchy? Producer? Yeah. yeah. Can you explain the hierarchy so a little bit? you start off as a PA usually. Mm-hmm. I started off as a, a receptionist. You can say PA too, and then coordinator. After coordinators, production manager. Then, depending on what studio you're at, you can be line producer, susu producer, and then um, executive or I think executive producer depends um, where you can go in that line. But I think the highest is um, associate producer. Okay. Yeah. So next step for me will be production manager, mm-hmm. and then line producer, and then associate producer. So that could. You know, if everything goes according to plan, and then you make your own cartoon. Yeah, you can. You can pitch. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I would totally pitch a pitch for some shows, and I have mm. ideas. Yeah. Um, sketch out and do some development work. So, because I can, you know, do the drawing part too. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I would. I would be open for that. I um, but doing doing working for a show in the creative end, I'm. I get more fulfillment on the production side as opposed to the creative side. Okay, cool. Yeah. So as a day job, you're like, like during the day, 
I don't want to say day job. That sounds weird. <laughs> During the day, you're um, you're working in production. Like after work, when you go home, are you doing art? Like, do you fulfill that like illustration side of yourself? Like after hours? Um. So at home right now, if you want to know for real, right now I um I'm reading a book on storytelling. Okay. Um. So I can write a piece and pitch. What's this uh storytelling book? Um, the writer's journey. Mm. Now we know her secret. <laughs> <laughs> Every good writer should know, should read that book. Mm. And then, um, besides I'm doing, I'm going to school too again. Oh, cool. So I do that at night. Nice, so nice. always keep learning. That's yeah. a big piece yeah, of it. You can never stop yeah. learning. Never stop learning. Nice. That's, that's, a, here's another tidbit. When you're working and getting started in the industry, you notice that newbies and people who are pretty green usually have a zeal about them mm. willing to learn want to learn and want to please and um you'll see the artwork you can see that in the artwork mm-hmm. and it's you can it just and the notes are received well and they grow as a person and they grow as an artist you can just see that growth over time when dealing with people who are a little bit older in the industry who are a little who are considered veterans they usually don't change mm. so and those who are closed off um, to change because the industry is always changing. Right. Um, those who are a little bit closed off and who live in the golden years are kind of hard to give notes to and have those notes implemented. Mm-hmm. And they usually, sometimes they keep learning, sometimes they don't because they're stuck in there. Being a production coordinator, have you encountered uh, artists who, like you mentioned, like they're kind of like stuck in the golden years? And how do you navigate kind of giving someone? who is a veteran notes versus someone who's a bit younger. Like, do you approach them a different way? I think you, yeah, I typically approach them kind of differently with an air of knowing their past and their background, but saying, mm-hmm. Hey, let's pump it up doing this way. Never say, well, let's try this. Or you can say, let's try this and let's try that. You just have to, there's just a way mm-hmm. of going about speaking to them as if they're, you know, not just entering the industry. Right. Um, of course, you would never be disrespectful to anyone in in, in the course. industry, but you, there's there's a different way I approach it personally. Mm-hmm. Some people don't have different ways of approaching, but you know, I I gauge when it comes to people too, their backgrounds and where they're coming from. Some people just really want to learn, and you say, okay, here's a, a learning point for you. And some people are just want to get the job done mm-hmm. so they can move on to the next gig. And you say, okay, let's just punch this up, punch it up by doing this. Mm-hmm. So, or this is what's required. We need this done. You know, and um, usually with people who are younger, I like to say, hey, you want to if you want to learn this, you can shadow this person or why don't you try this or um, that's that's if they ask or whatnot. I'm not usually forcing it on them. But if someone asks and they really want to learn or they're really curious, hey, this is what I've learned. Um, These are programs I think you should know Mm -hmm. Um, because some programs that we use now in the industry are not taught in schools. And you learn that the hard way when you get and you get out here. Mm, that storyboard pro didn't know what that was. So I see, uh. see, see, and you can't even get away without using it. You, you, nope. you have to learn to use it unless you're a veteran who's really good. I know one artist who worked on Disney stuff in the golden years. He refuses to use storyboard pro. Wow. Refuses. But he's so awesome. He can get away with that. Okay. He's using it. He's just 
Paper. Wow. Paper. Wow. Paper is not dead, guys. Yeah. <laughs> no, but if yeah. you're that good, you can get away yeah. with paper. Mm-hmm. I only know a couple people like that who still use paper. And one person fax lives in San Francisco and he faxes it in. Wow. Wow. People fax. Wow. But people take that because he's awesome. Wait, so what's a what's fax? A fax? <laughs> <laughs> what is this contraption? <laughs> We're like, wow. What's yeah. A fax people still do that. <laughs> We're just joking, guys. We know what a fax machine is. But the, the, the younger generation, a few years from now, might, might not yeah. know what a fax machine is. Oh, a fax machine. No, <laughs> Google, they can Google it. Google it. Fax, cast. Where we talk Google about it. facts about fax machines. <laughs> Back in 1998. Yeah. <laughs> or even earlier. <laughs> fax machines were it. So mm-hmm. people, they still do that mm. if you're really good. But, so, but you have to know Storyboard Pro nowadays. Mm-hmm. Some people um, don't know to use. There's another one, but this is only for CG. Maya? Um, not Maya. There's another one. Cinema 4D? Not Cinema 4D. Wait, are you talking about for storyboard? Blender. Not for storyboard. For CG oh, yeah. stuff? For CG stuff. Yeah, Blender. Not Blender. Oh, yeah, blender, mm. Greedy. Sketch. SketchUp. 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 Wait, hold on. Okay. What That's was a big your... deal. <laughs> Some people don't know how to use that because they're not taught in school. Oh, and people are, oh, okay, okay. We use that. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's used right, a lot. Right. I thought that a lot of people use SketchUp for like, uh, like if you're doing a board, yeah, you can like look up like a to scale. Like if I need a, I don't know, a fridge or something. That's what I thought it's mainly for. But people full on use it for well, CG yeah, stuff. Yeah, like um, if let's say you need a a good city scene, like not a complete city, but you need like a couple of buildings in a shot. Yeah, you can like build it. Build it. Really oh, build it in there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I thought it, it was just an archive out. of different no. stuff yeah. that you pull from. You can build stuff. You can okay. build yeah. it. Yeah. I know people who just build something real quick and just mm. put it in their board and kind of. That yeah. I did yeah. not know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. SketchUp was originally like a architectural like draftsman yeah, exactly. sort of program. Yeah, and then artists got their <laughs> grubby little pots. <laughs> And thought, hey, I could trace over these uh, quickly made 3D boxes and make exactly. them look like buildings. Exactly. And now it's almost required that you know how to use it oh, because wow. I've known positions where they don't hire unless you know how to use SketchUp. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. And I, I um, didn't know it when I got my, when I first started working on the show, but I was like, give me a week. Mm. I will learn this program. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And I lived in that program. I come in early and fiddle with it just to wow. make sure I knew that program. That's something I did not know. Yeah. <laughs> so no programs. I mean, that's why it's so important, even when you're in school, to connect and meet people who are currently in the industry. Mm-hmm. Because school is great, gives you background knowledge, but it teaches you a lot of theory mm-hmm. um, and a lot of a lot of traditional ways to do things. The industry is always changing, always advancing, and mm-hmm. something always going on. So always connect with someone who's currently in the industry. That's the biggest, some of the biggest you know, tidbits, words of wisdom I can give. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, would you happen to have any advice uh, for like a student who's, who wants to connect? Like how does a student network in, in school? Industry? Yeah. While they're in school. Yeah. But if you're, if you're out of LA, mm-hmm. I, it's going to be a bit tough, but I would say if you're in LA, I would try, um, find local unions mm-hmm. to be a part of. There are always networking events there's um, also a group called Women in Animation. Yeah, you're female women. Part of that. Yeah, make sure you're part of that. Stuff like that. I know students who are part of that, and they come to our mixer events, mm-hmm. and um, there you meet them. So when they're and you can meet someone who's in in the industry who can possibly give you your job right after 
you graduate. Mm-hmm. So that stuff like that is important. Find different, um, find different uh, unions and um, I would say biggest things, uh, night classes. Mm-hmm. Connect with your teachers, mm-hmm. your teachers who work in the industry. If you go to CalArts, most of your teachers have worked or currently work in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um be best friends, <laughs> become best friends with your instructor <laughs> and find out where they did, what they did, if they're currently in the industry, if they have, now don't just be a leech, Sam only friends with you because yeah, don't fake, right. don't fake, yeah. but I mean, just be curious and yeah. you know, they'll open up and say, Hey, and be really good at your craft. Cause if you're really good, you will be recommended for a show. And I know one artist who just connected with one teacher and they, they just became just talked and she graduated, but she kept contact and she would update her portfolio online and the teacher would be, you know, just keep looking at her website, mm-hmm. everything she put on her website. And then one day he said, this is going to be, this is cool. I think this would match for this show. Okay. So at the time she was working at a place that she wasn't a fan of, but she didn't have faith in her art. Mm-hmm. She was really down on her art. So, but she would still update and her instructor thought, I think this is good. I'm going to recommend her for the show, recommended her for the show. She was the only one out of how many people they hired and they loved her stuff. Mm. And she is now working on crazy amount of awesome shows. So you just never know who. So if you're, if you're in school, be best friends with your teacher. If you're out of school, take night classes, be best friends with your teacher. Mm -hmm. Like always keep learning, always keep connected, find find places to be plugged in mm-hmm. yeah find groups find organizations it doesn't have to be women in animation there i'm sure there are other things around too just mm-hmm. connect 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 mm-hmm. that's important yeah yeah i'd also add like find those i guess events that you can probably just travel to if you're out of la or you're like, ground, or, like ground zero yeah. animation yeah. expo is a good one mm-hmm. you can go to ctn or uh, yes. even even like um conventions like i think WonderCon. like i know it's WonderCon happening right now, happening right now. Mm-hmm. dating the podcast but yeah uh, some studios set up shop there and you can go and be like hey can i have some advice or mm-hmm. maybe look at my portfolio or even artists that set up if, if the artist is willing don't just go up to go up to an artist and be like look at it yeah be, but be, be nice be nice ask. polite <laughs> What do you mm-hmm. think? CTN is great for that. They have mm-hmm. an actual booth where, or a section where artists can mm-hmm. grade you. And those people are usually, you know, working in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and they know what they're talking about. Oh, and another tidbit. Um, every artist, all shows are different. So one, when one artist is good at a particular show, they might not be great at a, another show. It depends on what the director is looking for. But I notice a lot of artists take that personally say I'm I'm horrible my art is bad and all that but it just depends on the show it depends on the style of the director it depends Mm -hmm. on what the director wants so I would another tidbit I would always say if you have a very versatile portfolio that works tremendously in your favor Mm -hmm. don't just stick to one style Um, because what may work for one show may not work for another and if someone rejects you from their show it's okay you're not the worst Mm -hmm. it's it's just means that you're just not what they're looking for more opportunities will arise yes one one door closes another one opens Mm -hmm. yeah i know one um one storyboard artist one's big studio told her she was 
not great. They literally told her, you're, I don't know, you're not the best storyboard artist. But then she got hired at another studio who loved her work and mm. they kept bringing her back. Wow. Yeah. So you just never, you yeah, never know. Yeah. 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 You don't never know. Give don't give up. You just never know. Mm-hmm. So don't take it personally if you're not, you know, brought onto a project because of a portfolio or a test you did mm-hmm. that just didn't pan out. That's, that's a little side note. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> tidbits for the future. <laughs> Brittany's tidbits. <laughs> so being a lover of animation, are there any uh, stories that you're interested in seeing more like happen in the industry, like either in TV animation or film animation? Is there something that you're interested in seeing? Hmm, that's actually a good question. Um, There's actually nothing that comes to mind that I'm interested. I love. It's very easy to please me if the show is cute and adorable and has <laughs> a good message. Mm-hmm. So good messages is what I the the thing that I care about, mm-hmm. especially sh- animated shows that are geared towards kids, because mm-hmm. kids are so they're like sponges. They take everything in, yeah. and if you're putting bad content out there, they're gonna absorb it and think that's truth. Mm-hmm. So you so um, a show with good messages and um, that is pretty educational. I'm always on board. Mm-hmm. So I know studios are trying to gear more towards that, especially for preschool. Yeah. So I'm always excited when I'm part of a project or something that really educates children. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And it's fun to watch as an adult too. Mm. Yeah. So I'm guessing you're more uh, geared towards. I mean. Obviously, you just said this, but children-based animation yes. like adult-based animation. Yeah, I turned yeah. down an, um, an animated project that was geared more towards adults mm. because I got another offer um, that was paid less money, but it was cute, mm. and I, I felt like the message was better. Mm. Has mm. most of the stuff that you've worked on been uh, children in pre-K? Mostly children. I think the oldest is probably maybe... 11 to 13 okay preteen so teen do you find that you prefer like the the shows that are more younger than like the preteen ones or is are they more fun Mm. i like the younger shows Mm. because they tend to be cuter and more simple and more idealistic you know mm-hmm. always happy endings yeah no complicated friends. yeah <laughs> everyone's friends Friendship. and rainbows and sunshine yeah. and butterflies and lollipops, lollipops. And yeah hollyhocks. yeah hollyhocks what is know. that <laughs> <laughs> that's my world a little segment of our show where we like to get a little bit of engagement from people and ask questions for our wonderful guests. So we have a couple of questions here for you from the audience. Wandering Chaos asks, how uh, do you go about building a resume before getting a job in the animation industry? Um, Like before you have any professional work, how would you build one? So before you have professional work, I would put in all the experience wise if you're i see this this is the part in school where it's important to be friends with your teacher become a teacher's assistant engage in as many programs and um maybe clubs mm-hmm. where you can grow your skills mm-hmm. and then maybe any pertinent classes that would be applicable to a position you want to apply for mm-hmm. um it really helped one 
person in production because that got hired on another show um, that she was, she pretty much all her college years were doing, was doing work for her teacher. Um, She would tutor on the sides. Mm. She would also update her portfolio. She would teach classes. She would, um, she was a part of a lot of organizations having to do with um, her major. So she was a, she was pretty top tier candidate for being hired and she got hired right out of college. Mm. So work hard in college with, and participating in organizations and clubs um, that are pertinent to your major. Mm-hmm. That's that's one of the biggest advice. And then put that on your resume mm. because even though you don't have experience, you do are qualified because this was your life in college for four years. And that speaks a lot, especially to larger studios. Mm. Kids speak to smaller studios too, but from the larger ones, it's you can get hired right out of college just by having a very, really good college portfolio. Mm. And experience could just be the fact that you tutored and you were a teacher's assistant um, for two, maybe a year. That's right. That's yeah. Right. That can mm-hmm. show that you're, you're good at the craft that you were teaching and yes. like you're, you're able to uh, at least like know what you're doing when you're, you're in that work environment. And internships. Mm. Internships. Internships are important. Mm-hmm. Get into an internship. Did you have an internship at all? No. Oh, man. I, I wanted to, I didn't know what it was <laughs> until, I didn't know what it was until I came out here. I thought, Same. yeah, I thought internship. Nobody what? told me that internships were something that you could do while you were still in school. I thought you had to do that after you graduated. Yeah. And then as soon as I got out here, I was like, I'm not in school and they're all, all yeah. asking me to be in school. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember like just uh, trying to get <laughs> internships, but only trying for the big studios and stuff and it's just like do the small ones yeah, too remember hey if there are smaller studios try to like try to search for those smaller studios and just google small <laughs> now studio. you should know it's good to do it when you're in school because a lot of internships are unpaid mm-hmm. but what you learn is invaluable because once you graduate sometimes you get hired at the same studio yeah, yeah. sometimes not all the time mm-hmm. but you learn a lot so just it's better to do it when you're in school now some of the larger studios do pay for their internships, mm-hmm. which is amazing, but that's not the norm. Right. So I would say definitely do internships um, while you're in school because it's so much better on the wallet. And I know one girl that did internships for two years at a studio I was working at. Wowzers. And then um, she went back and she would visit from because she was from Boston. Mm. She would visit occasionally just to see how we were doing. She would stay connected. We would have lunch when she was out here mm-hmm. um, if she had time. And then she would go back, and now she got a job at a big studio. Wow. Yeah. So Man. it's pretty. Staying connected. Staying connected is big. Internships. Yeah. Clubs, mm-hmm. groups, things affiliated For with For about a minute, I thought you meant in. like literal clubs, like going out to the club. And I was like, <laughs> I'm not sure how clubs. that relates. <laughs> Popping alcohol. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not sure how that relates to the industry, Staying but okay. Out all night. <laughs> and that's where you meet people. <laughs> Get to know Maybe people. not the right people. <laughs> the right people, but hey, like, it's networking. Maybe <laughs> this someone is... happens to work in animation, you know? No. It's, pers- it's about persistence, guys. No. <laughs> Being persistent. Yes. Being persistent. The most persistence important is thing is persistence. It's Because uh, I know it could be very hard uh, when you're, uh, like, you're you're thinking you're constantly thinking like oh I I want to do this job and you're not there yet and it's it's difficult because you're kind of like looking into the future at what's possible but you're not there 
but you just have to remember it, it takes time. Mm-hmm. And if you if you stop, you might have stopped right at the door, you know, of possibilities. So just be persistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have another question here from Drea. Drea asks, uh, Black Panther was pretty profitable, but how much of its success was it because it was another Marvel superhero movie and the conversation and display of Black culture? But with that in mind, uh, do you think narratives with predominantly uh, Black characters would be marketable on television? That's an interesting question. That is an interesting interesting question. What about... It's got a couple layers going on. Yeah. I think it depends. It all depends on. I think for one thing, the Marvel movie was Black Panther was successful because you don't see a lot of mainstream, predominantly black movies um, in the media. So there was just incredible, um, just you know, c- celebration for it. So and so, I think that's what contributed to, for to it being a huge success. Now, get my plane ticket to Wakanda right now. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, there's just tremendous support for it because there's no other movie like it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in regards to a TV show, again, it depends on the content. Mm-hmm. I don't see why a show that's predominantly black wouldn't be just as successful if mm-hmm. it had great content. Mm-hmm. I think that and a good message because mm-hmm. you can't put skin color. You can't put um, put something with great content and a good message in a box. Yeah, Great content is just great content. So that's what you have to be. So if it's predominantly black, predominantly Asian, predominantly Hispanic, if it has a good message, mm-hmm. it'll be it'll make good bu- good bucks mm-hmm. as a television show. Just make sure the quality is up to par. And we're it seeing yeah. and we're seeing more uh, characters of color kind of coming in the limelight in a lot of the shows being put out. Like there was uh, a trailer that just dropped actually for the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for Nickelodeon, and uh, April O'Neil is black. And I'd never seen that before. And I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah I like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. Also, the style in general of the show the is very great. fun. Very fun. Very stylish. Trailer. I need to see the trailer. It's, <laughs> a, good, it's a good, fun trailer. <laughs> yeah, I think the push right now in the industry is a lot, um, is geared towards more African-American mm-hmm. um, males and females mm-hmm. um, in, in the main character role mm-hmm. in movies. You have what? You had... Black Panther, then you have Wrinkle in Time, and you oh, have yeah. yeah, you have other shows where they're trying to push not just a white character, but um, African American or another ethnicity. Yeah. So there's, I think there's a real big, especially right now in Hollywood, there's a big push for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people are starting to realize like, hey, you know, we can have other people that are in the lead, not yeah. just one type of person. Yeah, <laughs> I think it makes things interesting and it encompasses. It allows children to say, hey, there's someone else that looks like me. Mm-hmm. The was media. that something that you felt that you lacked when you were growing up? Or did you like have characters that you resonated a lot with? Because I know for me, like there were, like I really liked anime. Like, as you mentioned earlier, yes. you were really into anime. And I really liked anime and Sailor Moon. She was my girl. Mm-hmm. But as I got older, I kind of realized that I didn't really have black character that looked like me except for maybe like penny proud and i'm like penny proud's cool and that's why proud family was super dope (laughs) (laughs) i forgot about that that was a that was a good show Mm -hmm. i love the proud family yeah i um i think for me i like the when i was growing up i don't think i thought about it i think that's the weirdest thing yeah i guess i don't don't think about think about it it until i get older and then i wasn't i mean 
there was, I mean, depending on the neighborhood I lived in, there was some racism, but I just, for me, I guess I never internalized. It's just, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. So I never thought about it until I was older. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, I think when watching television, if the characters were primarily white, it was, that's what it is. Yeah. But, and in, um, but in shows like the real adventures of Johnny quest, there was Haji and I thought Haji, I know Haji was Indian, but I was like, I guess Indians are black. Mm-hmm. So I, to there's me, color, yeah. there's color. <laughs> we'll, we'll claim him. Yeah. Yeah. So if it was anyone darker, I just assumed we're exactly the same. Mm. It's it like how people matter. think Piccolo's basically black in Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> really? A lot of people I, think that. Yeah, the, like, yeah. A lot of people pe- relate the him. black community claims Piccolo. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> there are so many posts online like, man, my, my dude Piccolo coming <laughs> to the cookout. And I'm like... Yeah, I, I see that. <laughs> I see it. <laughs> this is the real dad, not Goku. <laughs> I did not think that, but that's good. Now I'm going to have that in my mind as I'm watching Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Rewatching Dragon Ball Z. I watch it at least once a year, the whole season. <laughs> Dragon Ball to Dragon Ball Z to Dragon Ball GT. Have you watched Dragon Ball Super at all? Yeah. <laughs> It's okay. Last episode apparently <laughs> airs tonight. Oh wow! Yeah, okay, like cool. it's done. Oh okay, maybe I'll check it out. It's okay. <laughs> I don't want. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. Black and, an- black and anime podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Black and Anime. <laughs> I don't know why I'm not a fan. I'm sorry. You can take that out. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to start seeing okay. people like yelling at us angrily. Like, she doesn't like Dragon Ball Super? What is this? It's okay to have opinions about It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't really like Dragon Ball GT. Yeah, but you had to see it because it doesn't, it. it ends. It was so great. It's the ending. <laughs> it was amazing. I didn't like it either, but I, I had to see it. <laughs> it's not good, but I'll still watch it. But I'll still watch it. You had to see how it continues. <laughs> We have one more question coming from Aaron Ray. This one's a little random, but I think it would be kind of fun. Who do you think is the blackest character in Pokemon? Because I think it's Gary Oak. Are you serious? <laughs> That's the question. Gary Oak? Yeah. Why Gary? Wouldn't it just be Brock, though? Because he's, like, yeah, he's literally black. <laughs> That's why I would say he's the blackest character, because he's yeah. actually black. Or, or I, if we're just counting old Pokemon, but isn't there like a, tr- a, g- a trainer or a gym leader right now? The lady with the blue afro, who's a, who's a leader? Uh, I don't keep up with Is this original Pokemon or is this after Johto? Because I stopped following after Johto. I, I like... think Aaron is specifically talking about original Pokemon. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially since he's mentioning Gary Oak. That's just like OG Pokemon. That's <laughs> <laughs> <This> question. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Oak? <laughs> Gary well, to answer the question is Brock because he's yeah, literally black. That's a good answer. Yeah, he's literally black. <laughs> I. I I don't know what to say about Gary. <laughs> well, there we have it. Okay. There we go. That was a nice little <laughs> wrench in there. <laughs> Good exploration of, of self That's interesting, though. Deep, deep question. We got, yeah. we got Pickle, now we got Gary. Okay. Yeah, I will take that. Okay. That's interesting. Um. All right. That was fantastic. Uh, I think we're... Coming towards the end. 
do you have any last uh, words of advice for young creatives that are trying to get into the industry, uh, whether it's for production or the the creative side of things? Hmm. I guess always just be yourself. Be people respond to that really well. Be yourself. Work hard because the industry is going to be a lot of work, and um, always keep working on your craft because the better you get it'll show in your artwork Mm -hmm. um connect 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 um that's really really important and be a person of your word that's a big thing no matter how small it is if you say you're going to be somewhere at 255 be there at 255 Mm -hmm. um or early um i think yeah just being and yeah just always be willing to learn and um, continue willing to grow. Mm-hmm. Now, even if you've been in the industry 10, 20 years, because mm-hmm. you, you will get to that point. Always be willing to learn and grow because you will always learn. The industry is always changing. They're always doing something new. You have to be willing to adapt and go with the flow. I've been on a show where they've changed the show style three times. Wow. And when you change the show style, you change the artists. Yeah. So, but you have artists who make it through the chops because mm-hmm. they're just so versatile. They're like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so being versatile is the, is re- and just willing to roll with it. Mm-hmm. So just be willing to roll and learn, learn. I just can't stress learning different programs as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Now you don't have to go crazy and try and learn everything. If you're really good at one thing, that'll also get you the job. Mm-hmm. I know an artist who's not good at certain programs, but they're really, 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 really good at SketchUp. Mm-hmm. And he's had a job consistently for the past maybe decade. That mm-hmm. job's However great, long SketchUp's though. been around, mm-hmm. I don't even know. But he's been super, He has the company is not letting him go. Mm-hmm. So if you can either be good at, make sure you're at least, you know, good with your program for your major or whatever, but make sure you're really good at just if you want to choose one program, make sure that you master it. If yeah. you're good at Maya, make sure you master it. If it just choose your program. Um, and it'll show people, companies will not let you go. And even if there's no work, as soon as there is work, you will be hired back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, cause you'll be at the top of the list. Um, if you're ever laid off or whatnot and in between gigs, keep sharpening your craft, keep learning, keep connecting, because um, sometimes layoffs happen, but always make sure you're you're continuing to learn in the in the the lay periods, because mm-hmm. um, that really helps you when things pick up. Because the industry has times where there's a lot of stuff going on and where there's practically nothing going on. As of right now, there's a lot of stuff going on, so it's hard to find really quality artists. But when the industry dwindles down, make sure you're part of the 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 chunk that gets kept and mm-hmm. not the part that let's, that's being let go. Um, and sometimes you're really good if the industry is really bad, just having a really bad season, you may be let go, but you'll be one of the first to be hired once things pick up. Mm. So just keep learning and don't think, take things personally. Um, I think that's it. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. (laughs) That was really awesome. (laughs) Thank you for having me. It was fun. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Like you guys are doing. Yeah. Yeah. So... If you have any work that you uh, want to share, uh, where can people find you online? Or if people want to connect with you, where can people connect with you? 
Oh, that's actually, that's good. Mm-hmm. LinkedIn is probably best. Mm-hmm. Brit- well, my name is pretty generic too. So Brittany Lewis. It's <laughs> <laughs> a beautiful name. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty generic. Or Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Brittany Lewis. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on IMDb for... Um, Got the credits. Yeah. Well, yeah. Some of them I have to kind of update, oh. make sure they're updated because some of mine are under another Brittany Lewis. Oh. So now I, when I put my name in credits, I put Brittany Victoria Lewis. So there's no confusion. Oh. So there's uh, the one you'd find me under is IMDb for Stretch Armstrong. That was done by Hasbro. So I have a credit on that in IMDb. I'll put all my, I'm going to try and make sure all the rest of my stuff goes under that name. Mm-hmm. Gotta have to figure things out. But yeah, if you want to find me. Cool. Um, yeah. So I think I have nothing ar- original. For people to find <laughs> just Facebook. <laughs> no, it's A-OK. And we'll yeah. be sure to uh, post links in our description yeah. so that way people can get to you with ease. Yeah, totally. Well, thank you so much for everything today, Brittany. It was really great to interview you. And um, yeah, we'll be signing off now, guys. See you in the next episode. Thanks for tuning into the Black and Animated Podcast, guys. We hope you enjoyed this episode and learned a little bit more about the production pipeline and the power of persistence. To keep up with us, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Black and Animated. And be sure to listen for more episodes on blackandanimated.podbean.com and on iTunes. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are of the respective individual and do not reflect the views of our employers. Thanks, guys. Till next time, see you later. Thank you.